0: Hello, this is Rena (laughs) Hundert. Why did I say it like that? Time will tell. No, there's no answer. This is Rena Hundert, and welcome to episode two of The Rena Hundert Show. In this episode, we will be discussing the theme slash title of The Stories I Tell Myself About My Past to Soothe Myself When I Feel Like Giving Up. But first, this. Here at the Rena 100 Show, we have a Patreon, and we would love you to support said Patreon. The link for it is at our Instagram bio, which is at the Rena 100 Show. On Instagram, please, there's going to be all sorts of fun, extra good stuff you can get. Um, There's different levels if you can't afford to contribute too much. And uh, help us out. If you like the podcast and you want extra stuff, help us out there. Thanks a lot. All right, the stories I tell myself when I feel like giving up about my past. Stories, okay, <laughs> ah, me and my brain. So basically, I have a collection of stories that I go to for my past that I collect deliberately because it's so easy to remember all of your failures. So whenever something goes well or feels motivational, I sort of put it in this bank in my brain slash a multitude of google docs um and I will go back there when I'm feeling like giving up and be like see remember this remember that don't give up um so I'm gonna tell you these uh little stories okay story one actually I'm gonna close the window first hold on Also, a side note, this is not a self-help podcast, but I do recommend doing this, especially if you're like me and you're always taking little failures and making them bigger in your head. I mean, it's an ego thing, right? It's like even if you're thinking about your failures, you're still thinking about yourself, the most fascinating person you've ever met. Why? Because you know yourself better than anybody else or you don't know, you know so well the things you focus on about yourself. Uh, Okay, that's a whole rabbit hole we could go down. But I mean, I'm constantly wondering, what do others know about me that I don't know that like my ego won't let me process? Like, what's the one quality that I won't let myself know about myself, but it's painfully obvious to everybody else. And that's what keeps me up at night. Anyway, Moving on to stories. So story one that where I'm like, do I have talent? Should I keep doing comedy? I don't know. You know, um, I go back to this story of taking a class basically in Montreal. I was still living in Montreal. I was still like pretty full of myself as you are when you start out and and people laugh at you. I was doing a lot of sketch comedy and I took a class with Kevin McDonald, one of the kids in the hall. And I basically took the class. It wasn't to learn anything. It was just for me to have a few hours to basically audition my talent in front of Kevin McDonald and to impress Kevin McDonald because I wanted Kevin McDonald, how many times can I say his name, to think I was good at stuff because um, that would validate my ego. Um, so I took this class, and the whole time I was, oh, got a text, um, I was showing off and trying to like show all my bestness of how great I was at doing characters and stuff and honestly I think I used to be better at doing characters than I am now but that's another I don't know if that's the fallacy of self of like the more you know the less you feel like you know or if I just actually aged and atrophied and I was better then and maybe I'll never know maybe that's one of those things my brain won't allow me to know but anyways, so after the class, um, I heard, I asked the, one of the theater directors who had driven him to the airport, like, how to go? Did he say anything about the class? Or no, maybe they just came up to me and told me this. I don't know. My memory is a little cloudy. But basically, and my ego has forever held on to this little gem since then, they said, Kevin McDonald on the way to the airport said, that Rena girl, she's got talent. She's good. And I really hope they weren't making that up to just make me feel good, which would have been really nice, but I don't think they were lying. And I really was like, you know, like doing like, like here, here's a triple axle, you know, equivalent, like really trying to impress him. So that felt great. And then I I was like, OK, I, I should contact him and he'll, you know, get me on SNL or whatever I thought somebody could do back then and um so I emailed him and I was like do you have any advice you know like what should I be doing with comedy and he was basically like I just realized how much this is kind of like the story of the beginning of Felicity where she just if you haven't seen the show Felicity she basically picks the the college she goes to um just to follow a boy that she likes um and it's like a huge decision in her life that she makes off of like something that probably shouldn't have been the main factor in that decision making. Um, But Kevin McDonald emailed me back and he was like, you have talent. It's very easy to have a career in comedy, which, by the way, no, I'm not a man in the 90s. So no, it has not been what I would call easy to finally have a career in comedy about 10 years after this. Um, But... He was like, it's easy. You've got the talent, but you have to leave Montreal. Like there's not enough of the industry there. So you should go to Chicago, Toronto, New York or L.A. And then I proceeded to investigate what it's like in Chicago, what it's like in Toronto, what it's like in New York and what it's like in L.A. And then I picked L.A. because I specifically liked game based long form improv which by the way you can't make a career out of <laughs> but in my young mind i was like i you know the better the more talent i'm around the better my i will cultivate my own talents blah 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 um and then i moved to la because of some offhand email response from kevin mcdonald and he has no idea that i based my entire life around him saying that i had talent which part of the reason for that, I think, is because I, I've i just never been the favorite in a class. I've never been the one that the teacher singles out, not that I've noticed, um, and says, like, wow, that Rena girl, she has talent. And hearing that for the first time from... And he might say this all the time about about all, uh, tons of people, which honestly tons of people do have enough talent to have a career in comedy. Way more people have the talent than actually have a career. Um, but I think we all know that. But him saying that just had a lot of weight because I'd been to two theater schools, many acting classes, like all kinds of situations, and nobody had ever singled me out and been like, That Rena girl, she's got talent. So I put that in the bank. I rolled with it, and I moved to L.A. with knowing nobody. Um, And it was a great decision, honestly. I recommend uh, making decisions full of whimsy like that if you have the means and the youth uh, ability to uproot yourself like that. Um, All right, so story, which brings us to story two. Now, story two, you have to kind of zoom forward in my life two years of being in L.A., Uh, first of all, there's something you should know about people moving to L.A., which is a lot of people, first of all, it takes pure delusion to move to L.A. and think you're going to be part of the entertainment industry immediately, um, which is what brings most people here, pure delusion. Um, And it brought me here, and I thought I would move here, and everybody would just be like, here you go, wow, look at you. Rena, Rena, you know Hollywood would be singing my song. I thought <laughs> I don't know why I thought this. I just thought, hey, it's my time. I'm gonna be huge. And then, of course, I took links classes. I took UCB classes, and then finally, it came down to I was auditioning for a UCB Harold team, which was my dream, along with you know a, a subset of a, a few thousand people here. Um, excuse me, I just burped right into the microphone. <laughs> Um, but that's what I can do when it's my show. Um, so I, I was like, I'm going to get a Herald team and then I'm going to play a game-based improv, basically five-dimensional chess with all these comedic geniuses in front of sold out crowds on Franklin street and hang out at birds. And it's going to be amazing. Birds is the bar next door. Um, and then they have chicken and that's why they're called birds, I think. Um, maybe cause I a lot of birds, a lot of birds, aka ladies go there. No, that I don't think that's why. Anyways, moving on. So I auditioned for a herald team for the first time and did not get on a team. Um, the audition went bad. I don't remember it. I just remember thinking, wow, that went bad. <laughs> and I think I also like had pneumonia at the time. So I was like a little space case. Um, which happens has happened to me in other high pressure situations like that. Um, where I just get pneumonia when I really want something. Um, so I mean, I maybe that's a lesson in not wanting things too hard. Otherwise, I'll get pneumonia. Um, so I auditioned, got the email at like midnight that I had been rejected, and I decided. I didn't have a lot of friends. It was only two years into living there, which as you, if anybody listening has moved to a new place, you know, it takes about five years until you have like really close, good friends in a new place. So I was like, all right, I guess I'll just go out for a sad rejection drink alone down the street. Uh, and And I Googled like, what's the closest bar to where I was living, which was the good luck bar right next to the Vista Theater, Vista Theater, which now the Good Luck Bar doesn't even exist anymore. So I guess the luck was not that good. Uh, it was a great bar, though. So I went there, and I order my sad little tiki drink, and I'm like slurping it down, thinking like all those thoughts you think when things don't go your way. Like, have I made, has every decision I've made in my life been wrong? Maybe I can't do comedy maybe I should have been I don't know or just like why can't I be normal why didn't I want to be a physician or something normal like what's wrong with me why do I think this is important this nobody else thinks this is important I'm the only one invested in this and everyone else probably thinks I'm a a fool a fool for just what you want to devote your life to what making people go hoo hoo ha he he he! Like what a fucking loser, you know. <laughs> I just these are the thought, the dark thoughts you go down um when you're trying to do comedy. And then I look across the bar and I see Pete Holmes, who, if you don't know who that is, he's one of my favorite comedians and definitely was my favorite at the time. Like I was a huge fan. I still am. I'm. He's not going to listen to this. Um. So I saw him across the bar with a group of friends, and I was like, whoa. And it was basically just me alone with my sad drink and Pete Holmes across the bar with a group of people and nobody else at the bar. And I was like, all right, well, this is clearly kismet. And we were, like, closing the bar down. And so when we were outside, I was like, all right, just, Rena, you know, just go say something. You know, people, even if they're famous, they still want to hear that people like them, you know, just go tell him. So I went up to him and I told him what a big fan I was and how cool it was that he was there. Um, and I think we were like walking in the same direction on the way to our homes. So I was walking home towards home with beat homes <laughs> and, he was like, so what's going on with you tonight? And I was like, well, uh, you know, I auditioned for a Herald team and I didn't get on. Just like full of shame. And I was like, so I went out for a sad drink alone and I don't know what the hell I'm doing anymore. I don't know why I moved here. You know, something something to that effect. And I was like, what about you? What, What's, what's going on with you tonight? You know, and he was like, well, I was just having a drink with my, you know, writer's room for my show and we're just all freaking out because we don't know if our show is going to get picked up for another season. We don't know if we're going to have jobs anymore. And that's when it really clicked for me. Like, Oh, this thing never ends. I could feel this way and be Pete Holmes. (laughs) And then I was like, okay. And it just, and he was like, and by the way, I never made it on a Herald team and I tried, you know, or I never made it on a team at UCB. I don't know if it was modern Herald, whatever. Um, And it just really, I'm sure it's something that he doesn't remember, but for me, it was just such a nice, warm, the universe taking care of you conclusion to that day. So that was really nice. Um, All right, story number three, much more recent. I was doing a stand-up show in North Hollywood, um, and we did two shows back-to-back, and um, as anybody who does stand up is who may be listening out there will know if you do two shows back to back, there's gonna be a good show and a bad show, and that's just the way it is uh, they're never equally amazing um especially on a Friday night for some reason. The late show on a Friday night is like particularly horrid, I think because it's like the end of the work week and people really just get shit housed and there's this kind of really dark nihilistic energy abounding is that can i say it like that at the comedy club um you know i i don't know why there's something in the air friday night late show never goes great maybe it does maybe for you it does i'd never i've never really seen it go great so so we all do the first show and it's sold out and it's great and it's like booming and it's like all these parents that it's like their first night away from their kids and so long and they're laughing and they're loving everything. And then we do the second show and every comedian goes up, does the same material as the first show and just bombs, like dies, you know. And then I went up and also was like bombing, but I was also just kind of talking about how funny it was that we were all bombing. And I mean, the audience was like smiling, you know, a little bit removed, a little bit of that like, this is bad, you know, <laughs> and the comics were, were laughing at me talking about how badly we were all doing. Um And, uh, I think I went like really dark and started doing jokes about like climate change and the whole, like, just like really like just when you're in a hole, like you just keep digging deeper. And I was like, well, you know, I did my job. Like I walked away from that show, I was walking out sort of hanging my head like, okay, I did my job, but I wasn't feeling great about it. You know, I was feeling like, oh, I don't know. And, and, and like lately I've been. Playing with this idea that I'm really trying to emphasize, and I don't know if this one will totally make sense to everybody, but like I'm trying to give laughs instead of getting laughs, and like it's really it's one of those things that's a really simple thing, but like your ego in the moment doesn't always let you remember that you're not trying to get laughs, you're trying to give laughs. It's like the direction the energy's moving in, you know. You're not trying to take; you're trying to give. But whenever my ego gets in the way, it's, it, I, it just gets covered up again. Anyways, so I'm walking away from this show feeling kind of like, ugh, those eight people, I just ruined their night. Um, and then I see like one of the couples that was in the audience, and he says, thank you. That was great. I had a long week at work, and I just really needed to laugh. And that was awesome. Thank you so much and I'm like getting emotional right now but like that's that's why I do this you know what I mean that's it I just want people who've had a long week to have a little laugh (laughs) I can't believe I'm crying am I hormonal right now I just feel like life is hard and I want to give people just this little window of, of a break of levity you know I I do I think it's important so So, yeah. So for now, those are the three stories I tell myself, depending on what I'm freaking out about, (laughs) about the life choices that I've made. Um, Anyways, I hope you've had a really meaningful first week of 2023. Um, And uh, I'm going to go cry a little bit now. (laughs) Okay, goodbye.